Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Let's take the finger of power and turn our attentions to Monday Night Raw. We are heading to that Saudi Arabia crown jewel show, and I swear, these pay-per-views always make WWE shows really weird and really confusing. You wanna know why? Well, you're about to find out. Let's up those downs for Montag Night Raw. Now, given everything I did say in the intro, I will say that WWE may have fluked them into a very interesting situation when it does come to our world titles. Because we have arrived at a place where you can go, well, that could happen. Because Raw started with Drew McIntyre come out to say, I'm going to beat Big E for that WWE Championship. And while that sounds like a terrible idea, the other match for the Universal title is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And Brock Lesnar is a free agent, so there is a chance, a small, small chance... Brock wins that one, he goes to Raw, and Drew McIntyre beats Big E, and he goes to SmackDown. But I will say this, if Big E, look at my finger go, loses that championship that quickly, I'm going to go on Reddit and moan. It does allow me to suspend my disbelief though, which is incredibly important when it comes to professional wrestling, and because Drew McIntyre was saying all these words, out came Big E, and I think he compared being the champion to warm nectar running down his nipples. I just want to say, whoever wanted Biggie to change his character, you are a maniac. I love this guy. And because we're in that weird period too where we've had the draft, but the draft doesn't come into effect for three weeks, the Usos, who are, don't forget, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, just walked out onto Raw and they were like, oh yeah, hey guys, we're here. Why the hell not? It was, of course, so that our main event could be Biggie and Drew McIntyre taking on the Usos. And I swear, in 2022, we are going to have to start an interruption counter because you cannot say one word within the world wrestling entertainment without somebody interrupting you. This was fine as an opening to Raw. I mean, it was kind of just there. But as you know, we are a positive Pete show, so it's getting it up. I was then terrified because it was back to our first round matches for the King of the Ring tournament. And we had Xavier Woods taking on Ricochet. Now, I love Ricochet. I think he is incredibly underused within WWE. But Xavier Woods needs to become king of the ring. He has wanted to be the king for like 78 years. And I was like, oh man, WWE's not going to do it. They're going to throw it down the toilet. Thankfully they did. It was a really fun match too. And why Ricochet can't get more time on TV, I don't know. Because he's just a human highlight reel. He did this suplex that I've watched about 89 times now. And it still doesn't make any sense. And when he had done that, he's like, man, I'm going to do a dive here. I'm going to do a dive there. And he probably should have left it to two because he went for a third one and Woods grabbed him and threw him into the barricade. This allowed Xavier to hit his springboard elbow and get the one, two, three. 
and Neat are now one step closer to having King Woods. And I need King Woods more than I need my hair to grow back. Randy Orton was then backstage with Riddle and trying to act like that farce from last week was part of the plan. I was like, there was no way that was part of the plan. And if you had come up with that as your plan, I'm never going to hire you as a planner because it was a ridiculous, stupid plan. It was also to let us know that Riddle, in his infinite wisdom, had challenged Omos to a match later on. And Randy Orton thought this was so dumb, he went, well, I ain't going to come out and help you now for all the reasons we just went into. This was the usual RK bro stuff. I mean, it was fine and it was fun, but really what we need to do is we need to get through Crown Jewel, there it is again, and just lay all this RK bro versus AJ Styles and Omos stuff to rest. Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric Alexander then beat Mansoor and Mustafa Ali in a minute. I mean, this was like taking my heart, Kano style, a power bomb bomb, and ripping it in two. Four guys I really, really enjoy, and they had to put up with this. Down. I mean, you just can't get behind this stuff because it's over and gone within a flash. Now, look, Cedric Alexander did with the Mishinoku driver, which was good because the Mishinoku driver should be somebody's finish. And yes, later on, Mustafa Ali found Mansoor and said, you're a piece of trash, you're crap, boo you, you blah, blah, blah. And then Mansoor was like, don't worry, I'll fix the friendship. Mustafa Ali just beat him up. So as it turns out, we put these two together just so they would break up so they can do a match at Crown Jewel. I suppose this is better than not being on TV at all because that does happen a lot but I was actually excited about Ali and Mansoor going to Smackdown because the tag team division needs more teams and what will happen is Mansoor will beat Ali at Crown Jewel and then who the hell knows because WWE is obsessed with breaking teams up and then people poof just vanish. This nonsense very very sadly then continued down because the Queen's Crown tournament was continuing and what is the deal? Is somebody backstage with a gun going if you give women matches any more than like 90 seconds I will do some terrible stuff and Vince is like oh, okay pal oh my gosh no oh, no I'll get it done because we had Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler and once more this went what 90 seconds two minutes tops it probably didn't even go a minute but how do you expect anybody to get better if you don't get them time? How can you expect the audience to get into this stuff if you don't give them time? But yep Shayna Dana Baszler, Dana Brooke, Shayna just need her right in the face and she got the win. And that's the right result. Shayna Baszler should probably win this thing. But when you have matches that are so short, it's hard to emotionally invest. So Shayna will get that crown and just go, okay, cool. I'm going to go play Nintendo. Now Shayna Baszler was wearing some Warhammer inspired gear here, which is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. But still, we just need to give them a hell of a lot more. Charlotte Flair promo after this, and I think she said she wants to win both world championships and meld them together and be the super champion. I was like, Charlotte, that is the best damn thing you've ever said. We should do it with these belts. We should do it with the WWE title and the Universal Championship. It would make a lot more sense. Every time you see someone that's like wrestling and you tell them, oh, there's like nine world champions, they just stare at you then you have to kind of skulk away. And given everything I have just said, I probably shouldn't have enjoyed what did come next, but I'm a hypocrite and a fool, so it's getting it up. But it was Riddle versus Omos, and beforehand we had AJ Styles, the big guy, and Riddle all talking, and Riddle was all like, oh man, don't worry, here comes Randy Orton, to the point he even got the microphone and started singing Orton's theme lyrics. And as you know, when it comes to Randy Orton's entrance theme, the words are so stupid. I mean, it begins with, I hear voices in my head. Straight away, she'd be like, you, you coming with me. As it turned out, Orton didn't turn up at all, which does add to the story, because surely in a few months, it should be Riddle turning on Randy going, oh, you SOB, you never helped me out. And fair play to WWE when it comes to Omos. They have done right by him. He has become some kind of monster and the fans, which is the most important part, 
believe it. I mean, he even hit a flipping roundhouse kick here, and AJ Styles was like, oh my gosh, show all these instant replays. So they did. Then he also hit the tree slam, one, two, three. And yet, admittedly, Riddle looked like a jobber here, but that will be okay as long as he kicks Randy Orton's ass down the line. It was only then that Mr. RKO did appear because he saw a chance to hit an RKO out of nowhere on AJ Styles. So this feud does continue just a little bit, but again, get to Saudi Arabia, get out the other side, and please go in different directions. Drew McIntyre and Biggie were then backstage, and they kind of got on the same page given that they have a huge task later when it comes to the Usos. And the best part about all this is that when they did their handshake, I'm pretty sure they were mimicking the mega powers. I always really like nostalgia. Bobby Lashley then arrived in the ring and he spoke the most sense of anybody in weeks. He is, of course, fighting Bill Goldberg at Crown Jewel. But over the last few weeks, Billy Boy has been saying, Bobby Lashley, I am going to kill you. And Bob doesn't think this is a very nice thing to do at all. And I'm like, you're right, Lashley, it is not. But if I threatened to murder somebody right now, I would be arrested, and rightfully so. But here is Goldberg just roaming around like a madman, and he doesn't even get a slap on the wrist from WWE HR. Bobby then lost his higher ground when he said he was going to put Bill down like a dog when it gets to the pay-per-view. I was like, Bob, what are you doing, man? Put him down. That just means death as well. So once again, we have another episode of WWE Raw, and there's just death threats flying around the place. I mean, what's he going to do? Inject him with a lethal dose of poison? I have no idea. And then kind of strangely, Bobby Lashley just left. To the point, I can't give this an up, and I can't give this a down, because it was the definition of just being there and reminding you that we have a show in a couple of weeks. SmackDown superstar Sasha Banks was then cutting a promo backstage. And did anybody explain why? No. She thinks she is going to win the title next week at Crown Jewel, and maybe she will, and maybe she won't. I can't give you any more information when it comes to this. I quit the creative team in 2015. And then we were just having back-to-back madness. To the point I sat there like a massive geek. I was like, what is happening? It's getting it down. But it was Austin Theory versus Jeff Hardy. And this actually had some weight given what had happened seven days ago. And I'm never going to be an advocate for Jeff Hardy losing. But if we are trying to build Austin Theory up, why not have him hit his big move and get a surprise upset and have the commentators go, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Waving their hands around like Kermit the Frog. But I tell you, we did the exact opposite. For one, the 24-7 crew ran out here and Reddy just vaulted over these two, even though there was no need to do it. And that caused some kind of distraction, which allowed Jeff Hardy to hit the twist of fate. But as I always tell you, he missed the Swanton Bomb because he's really bad at actually being successful with that move when Austin Theory... Hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. Of course, he did the surprise roll-up and got the one, two, three. So this was pointless. It was absolutely pointless, especially because Austin Theory held the tights here. But why did we need all that 24-7 shenanigans in the middle of it? We didn't advance anything here. Jeff Hardy is still in the same weird spot. Austin Theory still feels like a new guy that hasn't been established. I have absolutely no idea. Also, I am counting this as a distraction. Just am. It's my counter. One ten. SmackDown superstar Bianca Belair was then backstage at Raw. And I know we were going to do this big tag team match later, but she too is going to win the championship at Crown Jewel. So somebody is lying to us because two people can't win. WWE then had the chance to do something super duper fun because it was Kofi Kingston and Jinder Mahal in the first round match in the King of the Ring. And of course, if Kofi had won here, his opponent in the next round would have been Xavier Woods. And it was like, ooh, Delali flubbed me sideways. What are we going to do here? Because you could have told 
Oh, the story. Hey, man, here we have these best friends, one of who, Xavier Woods, is desperate to be King of the Ring. But Kofi Kingston, he's a former WWE champion. What will they do when they meet one-on-one? Even if it is babyface versus babyface, that would just be like a nice twist one week. But we didn't do that at all. Then we just had Jinder win. That's fine, and the match was fine, but these little touches that come along here and there, you should absolutely jump upon just to present something different to the audience, which is what WWE is in desperate need of lately. I mean, maybe you could have even done that thing. Do you remember when Kofi Kingston was going for Kofi Mania, and the Usos went, nah, man, you deserve this, and they walked off? I mean, I wouldn't say you should copy that, but you could have learned from it. But yeah, Jinder Mahal just hit the class. He got the one, two, three. There was a load of distractions here to the point I'm bringing it down and saying it goes up to one, one, one. But I will give it an up because it like it was perfectly decent for what it was. Just felt like a missed opportunity. Becky Lynch promo next. And look, whatever the hell the deal is, I don't care because I just love big time Bex. For one, she said that Charlotte smells like stale piss, which made me laugh because it's both the best and worst insert of all time. And said every time Sasha Banks loses, she goes home and cries. Once again, she also told us that she will be retaining the title at Crown Jewel. We're going to have to keep an eye on this. I tried to trust these people and I just can't. Raw then totally fell off a cliff. I mean, we had a good run, didn't we? Well, because yes, as already mentioned, it was Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair teaming up to take on Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. And why any of these four women would agree to that, I do not know because they hate each other. If somebody from my office rings me up and says, oh, you know that dude you have a blood feud with? Would you like to go on a picnic with him? I say, no, I don't. And I slam down the phone. Instantly, they were all fighting, though, because of course they were. And it basically started because Sasha and Bianca were chucking each other into the turnbuckle pad. When Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville came out, they were like, no, 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 we're not going to allow this. You better start this match again right now. And I was like, what are you doing? If we take you as the parents of this situation and you see your kids fighting, you don't throw them into a bedroom and go, well, you better do it again. You bring order back to and go, well, this didn't work. Let's move on to something else. No. It made even less sense because we restarted it just to end in exactly the same way. Because after we had had what was actually quite a decent match, of course, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair fell out again and the referee just went, no, 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 I cannot possibly be accepting of this. And he called off the thing. And I actually think the official decision was a disqualification. I have seen tag team partners turn on each other in a match and that'd be a heel turn. And it'd be a huge story point and it even cost people championships. But for some reason here, I don't know. You tell me. So it's impossible to keep up, especially when we get to the main event. Oh my gosh, that one's a doozy. And this ended with Becky Lynch standing tall. But does that mean anything? I don't know. I don't know what this was, which is even more confusing because these four are great. These are four of the best wrestlers on the entire planet. And this was the story they were given. <laughs> Down. Also, yeah, I think this was a disqualification. I'm not 100% sure because it wasn't made clear. Bring it down. There's a board 58. The Usos were then shown backstage talking about their main event. I think Roman Reigns was meant to be on the phone and he was probably going, oh man, if you lose, you're not going to get your allowance this week when it was back <laughs> to the Queen's Crown Tournament. Natalia and Dewdrop got less than three minutes. And these two are really good wrestlers as well. So they easily could have gone five. And what they did do was kind of entertaining. But then just as you were getting into it, Dewdrop hit the most devastating move wow, in all of sports entertainment and got the win. So what did I say earlier? Whoever wins this thing is going to have fluked their way to victory. 
No tournament should ever go like that down. I also regret what I said earlier about Vincent Mann and somebody holding a gun to his head. It's a little bit extreme. So I want to change it. And there's just a dolphin. There's a dolphin backstage with Vince, but he gives him a hug. He goes, oh, don't worry about it. That doesn't explain what's happening to the women's division. But I just wanted to inject some pleasantries back into proceedings. I think I then fell asleep and had a dream because what the hell was this next segment? Because John Morrison was finally back on Raw and he was meditating when he was interrupted by Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. And they were like, oh, what are you doing, Johnny? He's like, oh man, just meditating, trying to find my inner soul or whatever it was. And then the tag team champions walked off and went, I have no idea what just happened. I was like, well, that's very apt because neither do I. I don't know what this was, but I'm really worried about where it's gonna go next week. During this time as well, Austin Theory saw Biggie warming up backstage, so we snuck in and took a selfie with him, so we're gonna to continue to have that be his thing on Raw. And yes, it was here when Ali beat up Mansoor. We have already talked about it. Our main event was then Drew McIntyre and Big E taking on the Usos. And of course, these were good, all these four are talent and cats, but the finish actually contradicted another finish from earlier on this very Raw. That was always going to be interesting to some point, because of course the Usos are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, so you're like, well, if Big E and Drew McIntyre win this, are they going to go into the Tag Team Division for a championship shot? The answer is no, but at least it's something to sink your teeth into. Before all of that, though, it was really fun. It was a little bit eye-rolling, because once again, it was a storyline of, oh my gosh, can these two people coexist, which had been the theme for the entire evening. And at one point, Drew McIntyre was getting double super kicked, but he got back to his feet, he busted out a neck breaker, and he was going to go for a Claymore. But then Big E went, nope and he blind tagged himself in. So this was all fine, this was all good to the point it's going to get an up and after Drew and Biggie had a little bit of an argument, Biggie went to try and finish things off, but he got super kicked in the face instead. Then he was thrown into Drew McIntyre who was on the apron, <laughs> even though Biggie had the match won, cover your face and hope maybe you just made the whole thing up. Drew McIntyre <laughs> pulled his own partner out the ring and they started to have a fight. Now earlier, when this happened, the referee went, no, I will not allow this to happen on my watch. It is a disqualification or whatever. But this time, I can't help but laugh. They were counted out. So what is the rule? Because I have three rules now. One, you can turn on your tag team partner in a match is absolutely fine. Two, the referee will call us a DQ. Or three, the referee will go back to his other rules and he will do a countdown. I have no idea what to make about this. And eventually the Usos tried to fight back, but Big E and Drew McIntyre took them out before Drew McIntyre hit Big E with the Claymore kick. Oh my gosh, no, how did this happen? And that was the end of Raw. Down. So I swear, I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. This period around Crown Jewel is always so weird. It's like WWE half wants to make it important, but half realizes why they're doing it to begin with. Overall, though, there was too much shenanigans and too much nonsense on this Raw to say it was a good show. I wouldn't say it was a bad show. It was just not a good show. What the hell am I even talking about? Point is, it's getting a doubt. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.